Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new moon and every full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about Leo season. Congratulations for making it through cancer season, eclipse season, and probably if you're listening to this after the 31st of July, also Mercury retrograde. It has not been an easy month and there have been a lot of difficult transits, but I think that August and Leo season is going to bring a lot of joy to a lot of you out there. Let's get this party started with Lionhearted by Porter Robinson off the album Worlds. We'll be right back with the rest of the show.
Leo is the fifth sign of the zodiac and it's a fixed sign ruled by the sun and it also rules over the heart. On the high vibrational side, Leos can be among the most playful, joyful, and good-humored of all the zodiological signs. Typically, Leos love to be the center of attention. Just as the rest of the planets orbit around the sun, Leos enjoy having others in their social orbit just as much. This can be fun if the Leo is well-rounded and has a little dose of humility, or it can be daunting if the Leo in question has the habit of making everything all about them all the time. They are gifted with many fine qualities that they want to share and be acknowledged for, and rightfully so. It's only when they feel that they haven't been appreciated fairly that their ego can get the best of them. Among their gifts are the ability to be a natural-born leader, and they also have the ability to connect highly powerful energies together for the greater good. If they can manage to shift focus away from itself to those that they serve. A lion's family group is called a pride, and it reflects everything that's important to a Leo, but it also names its downfall. I've known many Leos, and they can be true rays of sunshine, but if their pride gets in the way, they can just be as awful as they are wonderful. Unfortunately, I've known a few Leos who seem to have trouble keeping and maintaining long-term and deeply meaningful friendships, and they seem to be clueless as to why their social calendar is always in flux. And it, by the way, it tends to be someone else's problem every time. It's akin to having bad breath. Everybody knows why, but nobody wants to tell you the awful truth. On the upside, though, Leos are beyond creative, imaginative, and they're passionate and persistent. They can embody the childlike wonder and exuberance in a way that is beyond charming. They also tend to have fantastic hair. Leo is also the traditional ruler of the fifth house in astrology, which is often thought of as the house of true love and creativity. The constellation of Leo is ruled by the fixed star Regulus, designated as Alpha Leonis, if you want to be nerdy about it. It was first listed as one of the four royal stars 3,000 years ago back in ancient Persia, and ever since, it's always been thought to have close ties to royalty and the rulers of the land. Ancient astrologers would actually look to Regulus as well as other planets in the sky. Say, for example, Mars might be harshly aspecting Regulus, so if this was the case, the royal astrologers would have the ruler and his family whisked away into hiding. Uh, so they could be safe during the transit, and they would place doppelgangers on the throne just in case anyone was plotting to overthrow the king. It's this association with royalty that gives us the idea that Leos are natural-born leaders, because oftentimes those born under this star and this constellation exhibit these qualities to the highest degree. There have been lots of associations with royalty in regards to the star Regulus over the decades, and not just decades, hundreds of years. (laughs) 
Um, in the 16th century, the astronomer Nicholas Copernicus said that uh, Regulus meant little king, and it helped to mark the fact that there have been one of the leading stars in the sky for some 2,000 years at that point in time. So already by the 16th century, Regulus was well known and highly regarded and already had connotations with royalty. In ancient Arabia, Regulus was for was referred to as Malachi, the kingly one. I probably just butchered that. I'm really sorry if that's the case. But according to stellar uh, nomenclature expert, the author Richard Hinky Allen, other cultures also saw it as a herald of kingly power. In ancient Greek mythology, Hercules was associated with Leo, not just cancer. You might be a little bit familiar with part of the story from the cancer season episode, but um, the association with Leo came from uh, a task that Hercules was put to, namely killing the Nemean lion. And um, so just to recap really quickly, Hercules was set to task to do as a result of his nemesis Hera, driving him into a crazy blind rage, making him kill his entire family. He kind of came to out of this state of rage and was horrified with what he had done. So as a penance, he was he went and worked for a king who was clearly a lesser person than Hercules was. So it was meant to be really degrading to work for this king, and that's why he was doing it. And one of his first of several labors was to um, that he had to do in order to absolve himself from this guilt um, was to kill the Nemean lion. It was a known man-eater that nobody thought anyone could conquer, much less Hercules, who was pretty disgraced at this point in time. And um, the hide of the lion was impervious to all blades, so nobody had had any success in killing this lion. Um, so Hercules just didn't use a blade to slay the beast. Instead, he simply just beat it to death. And I, um, I like this story for two reasons. It kind of highlights some key elements of the mythology behind the sign of Leo that can kind of give you clues to remember like what the sign is known for and one of them is Hercules he's being really creative with how he goes about killing the lion well yeah it's a gruesome task and no I do not condone hunting in real life um Hercules uh he like since no blade was able to kill the lion he used something that was not a blade at all something a blunt instrument um and he so in a way he was really creative and his task and the way he went around it. And he ended up using the lion's own claws to um, like skin the lion. And he actually wore that lion head and skin um, and a lot of ancient Greek art as well. Um, so that's where that comes from. But the other thing that I like about this story and how it tells us more about Leo is that while Leo is represented by the lion, um, he is... Uh, I mean, he's a man-eater, so that's bad. Um, he's not thinking about others in that way. But also, um, he is defeated in a militaristic combat situation, which uh, Leo isn't the sign you want um, Mars to be transiting through when you're being, like, taking on an aggressive position in terms of strategy um, because it 
it's just not a good sign for um, for combat in that way. Uh, Leo is does so much better when they think about the people that they are serving in their community, maybe not eating people alive in that way, um, but also being creative. Um, so embracing those aspects of yourself and um, that's really what brings the high side of Leo to life. Um, so next up, after all of that, uh, let's look at these new moon aspects that are coming up for that new moon in Leo. Now that we kind of have a good idea of the energy at play for Leo. So the new moon. New moons are a wonderful time for self-reflection, uh, new beginnings and meditation on all the themes associated with the sign that the, moving, the moon is passing through. It's also great to notice how you're feeling to help just keep track of your own health and mental wellness over time. And I think it just helps. Uh, maybe astrology is like a really good way to just talk about self-monitoring um, your mental state of mind over time and noticing like what might trigger you or what things... Um, like kind of send you into an anxiety spiral or what makes you really happy. I think that astrology is good for all of these things. Um, so let's look at those transits. Um, the new moon will occur at eight degrees and 37 min minutes, <laughs> minutes at the sign of Leo, which will be on July um, 31st. And the Sabian symbol for this degree is a communist activist spreading his revolutionary ideals. And Sabian symbols are this like um, kind of astrology that deals with looking at each degree of each sign and kind of giving it a message. Um, and so take this, they were written in the, the 20s by a, like a channeler and a mystic person um and so i think they're interesting to look at just to see if they kind of like spark any little ideas um the sun will also be conjunct the moon that's what happens during a new moon that's every new moon the sun is conjunct the moon that's why we can't see it that's what makes the the moon literally new um and so when the sun is conjunct the moon it just gives us this real sense of harmony and I I know like full moons get all the drama and all the beautiful pictures and they're really cool but um the energy of a new moon is just so tranquil and so peaceful and happy and because the these two luminaries really are like flowing through the sky and sync with each other just for a moment, just for a little while. And then they, they move on and things develop, but um, a, a new moon is a really lovely kind of quiet time when anything is possible. Um, so the sun conjunct moon transit, it's a harmonious transit, and it can be thought of as some ways, in some ways as the sunniest day of the year, not in terms of length like the summer solstice was, but in terms of energy, where the sun is in its domicile and the moon is there reinforcing those solar qualities of Leo, even though she will be absent from our view. Her work now is done behind the scenes, as all new moons do, with the 
new moon also conjunct Venus earlier in the day, this adds not only to Leo energy, but also to that Leo specifically heart energy. This is powerful stuff happening here today in a good way. Remember, Venus and Leo conjunct the sun and moon. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of declarations of love and a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings floating around that day. This is the stuff astrologers dream of. It's like a love potion in the sky on this new moon. So if you're single and you're ready to mingle or committed, this new moon could spark a new chapter, not just for love and romance, but also for creativity and also perhaps maybe even usher in new financial opportunities as well, especially in regards to anything creative, um, as Venus and Leo both are super creative entities. And when they come together, I mean, sparks really do just fly. And to top it all off, like a lovely little cherry on top we have little mercury finally going direct in 23 degrees cancer after three chaotic weeks of retrograde it's as if the universe is finally saying okay we know things have been rough lately but go have some fun and make it a good one um This one could be big time this full moon because the moon will also be trying expansive Jupiter who is retrograde in Sagittarius and the following day. So that energy will still be building to its climax. Venus is also trying Chiron who is retrograde in Aries this day. And this kind of suggests that there might be really, I mean, there's already going to be all these happy feelings that we've kind of hit on. But um, these happy feelings could actually play a role in healing old wounds. And what I like about this, um, it kind of reminds me of it's very childlike, playful, exciting, fun energy, right? Like um, the, <laughs> the thing that comes to mind is like using play when you were a child to learn and to be creative and to um, learn new skills and build friendships and relationships. And how, as adults, really, we don't often get the opportunity to truly play. But I think that there's definitely a a way to play um, that's, like, stimulating um, as an adult, but we just don't do it very often. And we don't do it very often in um, like professional environments a lot of the time. And I work in the creative industries and I don't get to be creative in my job very often. It, like, unfortunately, um, my this podcast is my creative outlet. Um, but like, and while it is actually a lot of work and I, but like, I have to remind myself to be playful with it and to enjoy making it because that's how... Uh, how it is good and you guys want to listen to it so with all that um, we're gonna take a little music break and listen to sex and candy by marcy playground let's take a trip back to the 90s real quick hanging around downtown by myself and i had so much time to sit and think about myself and then there she was like double cherry pie yeah, there she was Like disco superfly I 
podcast and want to help support it consider subscribing to the daily dose it's a daily email that comes right to your inbox that gives you your astrological weather report and it's written by me animated and illustrated by me and it helps support the show it's only five bucks a month so head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and click on the sidebar in the daily dose and just subscribe there um, it'll auto charge you through PayPal and you can quit at any time. I think it's the best five bucks you could spend on an astrology, anything that'll just keep giving and giving and giving. So, uh, consider doing that if you want to support the show. Thanks. Of course, we can't talk about Leo without talking about its polar opposite and it's uh, on the astrological axis there. And that is the forward thinking, most advanced air sign of Aquarius. And we can think of Aquarius as the fuel to Leo's fire from across the zodiac. And um, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, so it's naturally unpredictable and a bit of a wild card and kind of likes to live on the edge where Leo likes to sort of be the center of attention and like Aquarius is really comfortable kind of being the outsider. Um, And where uh, Aquarius 
loves, loves, loves humanity and wants to like do great things for society as a whole, it kind of hates like individual people a lot. Um, it's, you know, um, in a way, uh, like where Leo kind of wants to be everybody's best friend and like admired by everyone on a really deep level, Aquarius is paying you a huge compliment when they want to be around you because they that like can vacillate so vastly so quickly. They can be really hot on you one minute and then really cold on you. And, um, you know, it, like it can leave somebody feeling a little bit bewildered, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, for those who kind of have a solid head on their shoulders they can weather that aquarian storm of attentions pretty well um so on the full moon the sun is still going to be in leo but it's also going to be squared to vesta uh this will create some challenging aspects in terms of uh purity and uh even like some sanctity and holiness so there could be some dirty shady doings happening on this full moon um the moon is also going to be opposite from venus because venus will have freshly moved into leo earlier in the month um and when the moon is opposite from venus it just suggests there's tension about our outer emotional uh point of view and ability to express itself with our inner flame uh, the thing that really drives us um but also it, it tells us that like we're gonna feel somewhat frustrated in terms of romance or um possibly also creativity or finance and so um with the moon being an aquarius here it suggests that really we're gonna be kind of like wanting to think about the big picture where venus is kind of frivolously like frivolously like playing um i don't know like happy housemaker somewhere else but like you really kind of feel like you want to do something good on a grand scale for society but you don't know how to sort of reconcile these two things it's possible and actually um oppositions while they're uh a more difficult transit to deal with um it's not like easy flowing energy like a trine or a sextile even um it it's this energy that we are being tasked with and asked with overcoming so we are challenged and that's why it's uncomfortable but it also creates incredible opportunities for growth so that when those nice easy flowing aspects come around you're not just like sitting in the same spot you are um, Mercury will be direct finally, yay, and he'll be trying Chiron, who will be retrograde. Um, so, I mean, there's always planets in retrograde when, and when that happens, it just says that there is something from the past that needs to be resolved. Uh, it's either from this lifetime, or maybe if you believe in reincarnation, like I, I tend to believe in reincarnation, or at least, you know, something being more, like, happening more than what we can tell in just this uh, material reality that we live in currently. Um, there's something out there uh, that just needs to be like reviewed and revised and it relates to the themes that are signified by the planets in question. Uh, the moon will also be opposite from Mars and that is a uh, kind of a, a more aggressive and one of those uh transits that it's short 
but it could also be really explosive. Uh, Mars is the planet of war, and when the moon is in opposition to Mars, we can just be a little bit more aggressive and on edge in our emotional reactions to whatever society is putting in front of us right then. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something that, um, you know, like a skirmish or an instigation of uh, like a, a notable military conflict or battle um but with the sun being in leo like it's gonna be maybe it'll be like kind of famous whatever it is that happens but like it's gonna be famous it could be famous for being a creative failure in a way um but it'll be just sort of interesting to see what plays out i don't like making predictions on a grand scale because you know it's it's easy to be really vague and say like oh well this will happen or that'll happen um and you know a hundred percent i'll be wrong but i'll also be right at the same time just in a different more creative way than i could have possibly imagined i was right it's you know hindsight really truly is always 2020. Well, I feel like the full moon part was kind of short. There just weren't a whole lot of really interesting aspects. It was sort of a lot of like, it says quick quadrants and stuff that like, not always gonna have a huge bearing on the energy that you feel. And honestly, like energy is, is really fleeting and it's almost, uh, personally impersonal, you know, the way we interpret it is personal to us, but the way it can be described is, um, like broad strokes. You might have a, a, a position in your chart that relates to, or picks up on this one thing, but, um, it's not going to be felt the same way by somebody else who has a different chart. So, just check your chart, see where Leo is following, like what house it rules in your personal natal chart. Uh, or if you have questions about your natal chart, I still do one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I have a little bit of an announcement to make. Um, in the vein of one-on-one -on -one sessions, I am working on putting together a really exciting workshop in Costa Rica. So I've never been to Costa Rica before, but it's going to be a three day long workshop. Probably there will be more details soon. Uh, follow along on the Instagram at blood moon milk and, um, feel free to leave us a review, shout out, um, like tell us hi, whatever, like tell me your Leo full moon, new moon stories. I know it's Aquarius full moon, but you know, tell me your astrology stories. I love hearing them. If you want to be on the show, reach out. Um, I like doing workshops in other places. So, and I, I like doing private events for companies. Just reach out to me at blood moon milk and we can work something out. So let's take a little music break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about how to use all this energy, especially now that eclipse season and cancer season is over and um, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the rest of the show. I literally laughed so hard when I decided to play this song. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, since we're talking about Leo and Leo's a big cat, we're going to listen to Cat Scratch Fever by Ted Nugent. We'll be right back. <laughs>
maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, so today what I wanted to talk about in terms of meditation and tools for meditation under the Leo energy that we're going to be experiencing for the next month or so, um, just a few things really. Uh, so Leo energy is at its highest vibrational level is all about the heart, what feels good to the heart, creativity, joy, happiness. And these are all things that, uh, like I've struggled with personally in my life off and on. Um, I've gone through bouts of depression and uh, like I've had my fair share of tragedy in my life that's not exactly easy to always deal with. Um, but I do find that meditation does help um, and so does mindfulness. And um, so I wanted to just talk about like what hearts are and what they they mean to us because they're uh, it's um, like the heart has more feeling in it than our brains do. Um, and similar to our stomachs where we can, you know, something bad happens, we feel that our stomach drops, but there's a similar saying with our heart, like your heart is heavy. Um, or when your heart is light, there's a difference in the way that feels in our body physically. And it has to do with energy and energy might be kind of a broad term to use here, but it's the intentions you set at the beginning of the day. Um, it's, the way you look somebody in the eye or don't look somebody in the eye, you can repel love just as much as you open yourself up to it. And honestly, I think it's a lot, lot harder to open yourself up to it if you have been hurt in the past. Um, so I think that focusing on heart energy and heart intentions can be super powerful. Uh, there's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King that I really like especially being from Atlanta as I am, that no problem can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. And I think that's just so powerful. You know, when you're, maybe you're dating somebody or you're friends with somebody and you ask them to do something and maybe they don't. And you, maybe, I know at least in my mind, I get confronted with the, how should I react to this? Like, I feel sad and I'm disappointed in this person and I also have boundaries, but I don't want to be a doormat. How do I reconcile those feelings in my heart that feels right? And for a little while, like I'm, I'll go down this like dark path of, yeah, I'll want to be vindictive. I want to make that person feel bad. Like I felt, but if I step back even further out of myself, I see how foolish I am in wanting to behave that way because of that quote, of what I just said. You cannot treat people poorly and expect to grow a better relationship with them. Uh, and that is, it is hard. It is not easy to do. It is not easy to do work. You have to do it all the time. That's why it's called mindfulness, like not a place that you go in your mind. It's about going through life, being aware of your actions. 
And I know at certain parts and times of my like day-to-day life, I intentionally shut down to keep my heart safe. And maybe I shouldn't do that all the time, but I, f- I feel like it's necessary in certain situations. I'm sure that people out there listening have felt that way too, but I want to work on rising above that sort of clamshell heart feeling and opening my heart to more love. And specifically, I've been thinking about my heart a lot lately. Um, and a lot of my friends and my family knows this, but I have a little bit of a like health scare as far as my heart goes right now. And I don't have any real answers. Um, so like right now I'm just sort of waiting to hear some good news and go on with my life. But, um, like, it's a little scary at the moment. Um, so I, I, like, can't really go into details and it's not worth it if it's not really anything, but I have been meditating and thinking about the heart energy for a while. And in Sanskrit, The word for heart is anahata, which literally means unhurt. And I think that is just a really poignant way to think about the heart because our reaction is to close it up and to maybe shut everything out when really maybe the goal is not to shut everything out, but to find a way to unhurt ourselves and to open ourselves to unhurting others too. So when somebody does something that's disappointing, rising above it and being more kind in return. And this also feeds into Leo a little bit too. The other thing I I wanted to point out, which was with, with Leo's tendency, downfall, shadow side, to be about the ego, it's really easy to kind of get caught up in these arguments about being right or who is right or wrong. And frankly, I think it's probably more important to be kind than to be right in a lot of situations, Um, especially in our interpersonal relationships. I mean, if we're talking about a mathematical equation, probably not. But if you're at home cooking dinner and like somebody says something and then somebody wants to spit back, you know, the correct fact, maybe allow them. But ultimately the goal shouldn't be to be right at the expense of being a kind person. Um, and I mean, I'm a bit of a know-it-all. I, that's one of my like personal quirks and shadow self sides is that sometimes I, have a negative tendency to be correct over being kind and that's something I also want to work on so with that let's go into our questions for mindfulness meditation and manifestation how can you open your heart to being more kind even in tough situations it's not easy I'm not good at it. These are real questions I ask myself. How can you grow your creative side? If you're not sure, think about what gets you excited and curious. It's a good place to start exploring. 
Maybe it's a good time to start flirting with the idea of dating somebody new. Think about how you could open that door to a possible new relationship if you're single and who and how you might start to open that door. If you're committed, maybe it's time to be a little adventurous and take a trip together. A playful surprise your partner would love just as equally as you do. And nobody said you had to be in a relationship to take a trip, by the way. You can totally take one for yourself, by yourself, and not make excuses to anyone. And a Leo would do that because they know it's all about them. That is it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, sometimes poorly, uh, Aurora, and uh, edited and engineered by Adam McIntyre, who is very talented. Thank you so much for your help. And we're going to play you out with the song Fire Walk With Me, celebrating all that fire energy by the Black Keys. I'll see you next time. Hit me up on Instagram or on the website at bloodmoonmilk or bloodmoonmilk.com. Bye.